Welcome back to Kafaro Cast, everyone. We have our good buddy, pal, <laughs> short for his, his weight, <laughs> Luke, Luke Cadillo. God damn, that was the worst introduction I've <laughs> ever had in my life. Sorry. But more importantly, we have uh, we have John from Mountain Primal here with us, and Aaron's hey, across. Up? Aaron's back from Texas. Hello. We've got everybody in here. We've got the whole crew. I got Yukon Cornelius to my right, freaking me the fuck out a little bit. <laughs> Put that ice axe away. Oh, God dude, damn. that is the crew. I didn't even think about that. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can, that Yukon is a classic. Cornelius. Um, yeah. Epical. Yeah, yeah that is epical. <laughs> yeah. Um, so speak, Yukon's not on the, the mic right now, but what do you guys, so who handles what? So I'm the, I'm the CEO, founder. I started the business. Uh, Roger is director of marketing. Darren's head of brand. And here we are, yep, hanging out. You. Luke, if you point that mic down a little bit, we're not going to get the nasal breathing quite as much. <laughs> <laughs> we got Luke Skywalker to my right. I'm just living Yukon here, Yukon Cornelius behind me. And, uh, <laughs> I came all the way down here for this shit. This is <laughs> bullshit. Um, what's new, boys? I, it's been a while since I've been on this show. It's been yeah, a long time. Yeah, I, got, yeah. I, I thought I got you got reinvited. <laughs> I know. I was like, "Damn, what did I do?" It's a, I, I've been super busy. So is Frank, but I've been traveling a bunch. So we haven't actually been doing that many podcasts. It's a, it's almost like you need another you to be in here while you're out there playing. Well, that we, was Frank. We printed. Frank had to grow up. And we uh, we made a, a little cut out of Aaron. I know, right? Yeah. The one you try to kiss the lips off of, you know, you weirdo. He put that in the shitter, and I don't know why it scared me so much, but I opened the door, and there I was. And I was like, ah! Fuck. I know. Um, well, how, what, what's the weather like in, in uh, up, you're by a, a bell, right? No, we're we're close to Aspen. Aspen, that's what I meant. Yeah, the weather's Crystal perfect. Butte, right? No, no, that's not. <laughs> Steve, just steam out, right? <laughs> I'm tell you right. Tell you right. You're from uh, Seattle, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Djibouti, uh, yeah. Denmark. <laughs> uh, I just shut up over here. I'm just say Dominican Republic. Uh, what, what, what is it? This small town. Emma, basalt. I I wait. That's not. Oh, that's it. Basalt, right? Basalt. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, yeah. We don't want anybody to know that, but yep, that's where yeah. we are. Yep. That's where I've hunted uh, turkeys down by the Encana Williams Oilfield Company land down there. Really? Yeah, we got yeah. some turkeys on our yeah. property. Yep. Yeah. Can't hunt them till the fall, though. Oh, really? Yeah. What I want to know is, before we even get broken into this thing, and I kind of talked to Roger about this. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the bacon. When is that back in stock? We're working on it. My gains are got, falling here, dude. I'm got, losing my gains. We here. got about two weeks. Oh, uh, two more yeah, weeks? Yeah. God damn. That stuff sells like crazy. I'm struggling over here now that I've had you look, one. You look like you're having trouble. <laughs> I know. Everybody got any bacon in their pocket for Luke? <laughs> I know. Actually, they say what it, a piece of bacon takes like 15 seconds off your life. Luke, you'd be like negative eight. Dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be dying soon when that comes back in stock. I'm telling you, it's. Yeah, it's, it's it. by far the best bacon. And this is no bullshit. Yeah. Like, no bullshit. I talked to this the other day on the podcast. It is by far the best bacon I've ever put in my mouth again. Right? Like Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's gone. All right, I got to shut up now. <laughs> That's uh, why it's gone, man. Yeah. yeah, it's it's good. I don't I don't get too affected by it as a or our family cuz like uh, Aaron said we we don't eat a ton of bacon, but Right. Yeah, it's phenomenal. So back in the day, I would take like pepperoni and bacon 
and then put it, make a sandwich. I called it the Ramadan sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Ramadan. So I, most people laughing at that know why, but you probably don't know why. I don't know why. Anybody want to explain it? Can You're not, not supposed eat, to eat pork, yeah, man. Oh, the Ramadan. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't even, I didn't get it over. I, you were I, laughing to just so you'd fit in. You had no idea. <laughs> just hey, uh, Ryan, you want to sit in this chair? This I'm is just a Luke boy I'm fest. fucking out of here, dog. Oh. Mm. Fucking assholes. Yeah, we'll, we'll take care of your bacon fix real <laughs> real soon. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. Mm. I appreciate that bacon it. Bacon is amazing. Hey. Um, on that note, why don't you, if you, I mean, if you kind of uh, lay everybody out on on what you guys are offering, like I, you know, kind of looked into this maybe a decade ago, where I really started to dissect, you know, what the hell was going in my body. Um, at that time, I was lifting pretty heavy, and so I, I was, te- you know, I was buying a lot of steak uh you know the differences of what uh an operation like mountain primal offers compared to the standard grocery store meat um you know obviously there's a price difference but there's a reason for that you kind of want to lay everybody out on that yeah absolutely um we we the i guess the biggest thing is we're raising a heritage breed type of cattle so it's a premium cut of beef and basically what that means to us is uh Heritage breed animals, there's way less of them available in the marketplace, um, either uh, in terms of raising livestock and then absolutely when it comes to the meat industry, you can't find too many uh, steak cuts that are heritage heritage breed. Um, so it's essentially not commercial beef. Um, you know, to a lot of people, there's whoever can afford it, there's nothing wrong per se with commercial beef. But to your point, if you're going to get deeper into the n- nutritional factors of um you know, how we raise our beef. We, we let the animals grow at uh, a much more natural pace than what happens in the commercial beef industry. A lot of times commercial beef is uh, slaughtered and processed anywhere between 18 and 24 months. Um, typically our steers are about 30 months, maybe a little more than that when they get processed. So the meat's naturally more tender. Um, we're, we're letting them eat the eat the natural things that they need to eat to get to their ideal body weight for slaughter. Um, and the, and it, our particular cut of beef, the American Highland beef, is uh, it's higher in um, iron content. It's got higher protein and lower cholesterol per gram than commercial beef. And we've actually had the, the meat tested by an independent uh, meat testing firm. So that's, that's all kind of what we're, we're about, creating healthy fuel. Uh, to fuel your body more than just eating for, you know, it's 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 a specialty cut for sure, but it's the type of meat that you could eat literally every day, and we do consume it every single day of the week. So, so with uh, my limited experience with cattle ranching, which is pretty much driving the feed truck over and getting it filled full of cake and right. then following Scotty around, but uh, the way he explained it is, in the cattle ranching business, is is uh, time and pounds, like right getting that getting that the, the cattle the most efficient way to get to the largest size with the, the 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 best meat I guess you could say or or for what you're doing or what Scotty does um I don't you know when you start talking about when you feed them cake protein count in the feed the natural grass you know certain areas don't offer um a high protein count and then natural grasses and other shit that I don't understand uh where you guys are at is pretty much prime for doing that isn't it yeah and in the in the growing season you know we get them out into the uh into their various pastures you know we do all kinds of uh, pasture management rotational grazing you know we get pretty 
in depth with how we do that so the fields aren't getting overgrazed and so they can come so the fields can bounce back after getting grazed and then obviously with the rotational grazing uh, we don't use chemical fertilizers or any type of pesticides herbicides we we let the cattle do their natural job so when they're when they're grazing down a, a mountain prairie grass pasture they're getting all all that nature can provide to them basically in one go and then we we stop them from grazing once it gets to a point where we know it'll take a long time for their, that pasture to recover from their grazing. And while they're in there, they're fertilizing it naturally, and their hoofs uh, stomp all that fertilizer into the ground. It helps aerate the soil, and it creates a, a much denser and healthier root bed for all the pasture grasses. So that that's our that's our essential practice. And then obviously we've got the our major issue is we've got six months out of the year which is pretty cold so we we cut and we grow and cut hay and we have to source hay to uh to feed the animals somewhat through the winter because obviously that you can you can lose all that great gain that they got through the summer in the winter months especially growing the animals as long as we do so we um we hired a uh veterinarian bovine nutritionist out of denver and we consult with her on a monthly basis basically to test our hay make sure it's got all the the right protein counts and we don't want it to be too hot you know too hot in terms of it's got so, so bovine and equine what does that mean luke um can i phone a friend <laughs> 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 sorry go ahead just an opportunity there for oh, sure shit, I take advantage uh, of it. yeah i mean yeah. These, these folks that we these folks that we work with, all they do is deal with cattle, you know, the bovine, yeah. the bovine species. So it's a whole different industry. And they they dive way deep into the physiology of, of cattle. They, they understand what it takes to get their rumen going, what it takes to uh, provide them with all the right proteins and sugars and fiber. And, and we get pretty, we dive pretty deeply into that science side of it when it, in terms of raising beef. And then obviously trying to repeat that process from one animal to the next, so our flavor profile turns out the same or close to the same from one cut to the next throughout the year. That's it gets a little tricky. Yeah, and, and again, I just hanging out with my buddy Scotty, which he he doesn't, you know, he just sells the the cattle. Right? Yeah, He's how in, big of a rancher is he? Or, I mean, I guess. Um, so it's down there, which you can kind of. So his son um, worked a deal where he basically uh has the grazing rights on a ton of land and so he consumes the cattle during uh and takes care of those cattle for certain a bunch of different people mm -hmm. uh and that's i don't know how many you know hundred thousands of head yeah. that is and then scotty has i don't know 150 head on his on his land there and then um you know, I'm just becoming familiar with this. No reason why, you know, I'm around is in yeah. the midday when I'm not shooting shit, I go, you know, hang out and help them. Right. I don't understand it exactly, but, you know, depending, like, because I, I was asking them different, um, like, I don't, Watusi's, and I don't know, different, yeah. what her for, I don't fucking Different know, breeds, different, yeah. Tons yeah. of them. Everybody has their own favorite brand. Like, there's going to be certain cows that uh, they'll try to... Um, fake it when they take them to the feed yard right because i was looking at some of the cattle and they're cheap as shit when we were down in texas yeah and i'm like hey what what's you know it's like a, i'm sure he gets tired of it what what is that yeah. what, what's it good for not good for anything they're <laughs> fucking horrible right and they, so i don't understand all of that but what i do understand is um what you're getting out of uh, of that like you go to a feed yard it's 
pretty depressing, right? I mean, when I say that, a big yard where right. they're butt to nut and there's, you know, thousands of cattle, um, you know, you're eating that too. Um, yeah, I mean, some, some of the biggest feed yards in the entire United States are in Colorado. So, yeah, yeah we, we know that aspect of it pretty well. And that's where it gets kind of a bad name, which I like to promote. Because I've talked shit about it. When I say talk shit, like, you know, there's some beef that there's a lot of shit in that beef that you're not aware of. Um, well, the, the thing that gets really hard is when you're when the beef are getting processed at a, at a plant that's doing, you know, thousands of head a day. And all the ground beef ends up in the same lot, yeah. and it gets mixed in. And <laughs> the the biggest issue in a processing plant is is the E. coli and trying to trying to keep the what's on the outside of the cattle from touching the meat. And right. that's and the USDA actually does a really good job with uh, all the different protocols, and it's it's super super stringent. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a it's an industry like every. Every USDA processing facility has USDA inspectors there, and they're all certified veterinarians. They're doctors. They're PhDs watching over all that like stuff. Bovine and equine nutritionists and yeah, stuff like that. They yeah, they do tons of testing. Um, so we're pretty I'm, – I'm kind of not for the government in general. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not an anarchist, but, yeah. you know, that is one aspect of so the government. So you don't like wearing a mask? No, yeah. I don't. <laughs> we're all getting along good, right? I don't, I don't have a mask in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me neither. Yeah. But that's that's one aspect that that uh, a lot of consumers, meat consumers, really have no clue how how integrated and how in depth that system is to keep all the products safe. But when it, in terms of like really generating a lot of meat, you know that that's where people skip steps and they, you know, add additional steps that maybe aren't the most healthy option for human consumption. And you get into the the, you know the hormones and steroids and different things like that so obviously we don't do any of that with our animals we just let them grow at their own pace and at the end of their life cycle or once once they get to a certain weight for us we uh we put them on a 90-day finish to try to round out that flavor profile because some of the animals are hitting their their ideal slaughter weight at different times of the year and the weather conditions are different so different certain things are happening with their fat cap and you know we're trying to try to flatten that curve a little bit in terms of flavor profile with my wife specifically when I met her she was not vegan but you know she ate chicken and turkey I get they don't have souls I guess um but (laughs) she did it mostly because of what she read about what's in uh raw you know red meat basically and I had tried to explain to her which was good because the stuff that we had got from you guys uh and we and we ordered some more you know I said just taste it I said do a taster go buy a shitty steak at the you know whatever what uh King Supers, um, you're going to notice a difference. And she immediately, you know, noticed. And I said, now just if you Google it, you can actually do some pretty in-depth research on protein content. Uh, You know, basically what is in there, the fat content obviously on on yours is is less than um, like what I call a feed yard cow. It does have quite a bit of shit pumped into it. Right. So that's where I think, you know, the cattle industry in some ways does get a bad name as far as that goes. But there is, as I explained to her, you know, there is, many different ways to skin a cat. And when you get, uh, you know, your beef from a good cattle ranch or a good farm that's, you know, free range, you know, grass fed, whatever, there's a price tag with it, but you're putting better shit in your body. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my, my opinion is any proteins better than no protein. So just get, get on the meat train, you know, so to speak. But once you can get educated to a point where you're like, okay, so, Health, in my opinion, has a cost no matter what. So you're either paying for it up front and then avoiding some of the uh, longer-term um, ill health effects to your body 
like down the road and where you're going to end up paying that same cost through medicine or doctor's visits or pain in your joints or whatever it may be. So a lot of the fat that, that is in our animals, it's all healthy fat that your body requires to function properly. So, well, what is that saying? The best investment is to put in yourself, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like instead of, you know, boots, you yeah. know, whatever it Gafaro is, backpacks, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good sales pitch, Luke. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can either buy, you know, two pairs of shitty shoes or you can buy a, in, invest in a, a little yeah, better pair exactly. of boots that are going to last longer. But more importantly, the net effect on your body and like s- spinal support and lumbar and all that stuff starts at your feet and having good footwear, you know, I compare it to that sort of. Yeah. yeah. No, it makes sense. Uh, so like what all, what, what is it, uh, t- kind of top to bottom? What do you guys offer? Like what can people hop on the website and, and get from Mountain Primal? Yeah, we, so we offer four, four main proteins, obviously our beef, our American Highland cattle. We offer uh, bison union bison. We've got an exclusive deal with Burt Kuntz bison union. Um, and we, he, he raises the bison and then we take it from basically the point that where the animals are dropped off at the slaughter yard we handle the processing with with our this company we've worked with for many years, a family-run slaughter facility in Colorado. They do all the uh, the butchering and the packaging, and then we do the marketing and all the order fulfillment straight from the ranch. And then we also do Colorado raised elk, and then we work with two farmers uh, that raise Berkshire hogs, and and we work with uh, those folks to to sell pork. So what, on that note, what does make that bacon so much different? Is there anything you can, without giving away secrets? I, I think it's uh, it's the way that it's cured, for sure. There's an art form to curing bacon, and uh, it takes it takes a certain process and, and having the right person on that each and every time. And a lot of processing plants have a lot of turnover with their staff and personnel. Yeah. So if you can find a place that where they treat their staff the right way, you end up you end up getting a better product because of that. So you, you end up taking the same steps each and every time and being really thorough with the way that the uh, the bacon's cured and smoked and packaged and handled and and uh, all that ends up being creating a superior product in, on the back end. Did you try some of that bacon? Did you get some? Yeah, yeah, I it's did. Bomb. It's the best bacon I've ever had. I told you. Not um, lying. Yeah. You no, know, it's good. <laughs> so as, good. as far as the, so those are the animals and then like, other than the standard cuts, what do you guys offer for like specialty meats? Well, we get into some of the sausage products with with uh, with the beef and the uh, bison and the pork primarily. We don't really do sausage with the elk because I would say the elk and the bison. If if people are looking for um, the closest simulation to hunting for wild game, I mean that's those are the two proteins that you can source from our website to get. Just absolutely. Has Luke totally. been stocking up on that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we get into sausages. We get into bratwurst and different link sausages and, and block sausage. But then one of the other things we're pretty proud of is our uh, our Mountain Prowl fuel sticks, which is our American Highland beef. It's all antibiotic-free, nitrite-free. So these are our jerky sticks, I guess you could call them sausage sticks. Um those are pretty awesome. I call them the bomb sticks, man, because the they're the bomb. Yeah. They are really the bomb. Yeah. yeah. All the best foods are shaped like dicks, too, so. <laughs> <laughs> just, just you would think that. Perfect. <laughs> like you would think that. Um, you guys just came out with those fuel sticks not too long ago. Yeah, last in 2020. 2020. Yeah, yep. so uh, we're pushing them hard. Um, we've got a uh, 
wholesale distribution company we're working with out of Denver uh-huh. who's trying to blanket the metro area and get them into convenience stores in different locations. And I believe they're in the Denver International Airport now. Oh, nice. That's, what, that's what I was just going to say. I was like, when am I going to see these in a, like, you well, know? Well, we're working on it. We, we just – we just we just sent uh, four or five pallets more of uh, the beef to get processed and turned into these fuel sticks. So the orders are getting larger, the accounts are getting bigger. So we're going to keep pushing that pretty hard. I mean, I honestly, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love, I love like meat. Slim Jims. I love meat in my mouth, you know. <laughs> but uh, like the Slim Jims and everything. But goddamn, dude, when I had, they're just not. You know, like greasy and stuff, yeah. like you know, like your regular Slim Jims. You know what I mean? No, and that's not. what I really enjoy about them. Speaking of not greasy, I've never had bison. Um, uh, what do you call it? Summer sausage? Yeah. Until that, that stuff's that, awesome. I was gonna say that was the when I, I think I called you and asked if I could get an industry discount or something because I was getting ready to order a bunch of that because I would take that in backpacking. Yeah, yeah. you should because yeah. it's all cured, it's Dude. smoked, it's good to go. It'll stay in your backpack for a long time. So we sell those in the standard shape summer sausage. Yeah, but we do one pounders. Uh huh. So they they've got that nice seal on them, so they're perfect for backpacking and yeah, we outdoor I, work. I cracked it open on Mother's Day. My mine went and I was like, I turned around and it was halfway gone. Yeah, my in laws killed it. I was like, "What the hell are you guys doing?" They're like, "I never had anything like this. What is it?" I'm like, "Yeah, I never killed a buffalo before." <laughs> yeah, we as a kid we always used to do. We'd keep all the steaks and roasts, or uh-huh. you know, a lot of the steaks and roasts from the deer we'd shoot and and process. But we'd take a ton of the trim and uh, make summer sausage oh, sticks like that. Best. Eat it year round. Um, one of the best ways to eat that is for breakfast. Like really? throw it, yeah, cut them up a little bit, throw it in the skillet, dice it up with eggs, or put it in a burrito. I was eating it like a candy bar, so I fucked yeah. that up. Yeah, I was just, <laughs> just like taking, taking a bite. Yeah, oh it, yeah, well, that's what Marcos is doing. Yeah, and I was like, kid, don't put, don't double fist that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually uh, getting worried. It's but yeah. it's good, but you don't have that shitty stomach feeling after no. eating like a Slim Jim or whatever. Um, and I, you know, I ate half of that thing in about forty five minutes, and and no issues where if I ate something equivalent to the size of other options on the market, I would one probably shit my pants, but two probably have pretty upset stomach. That stuff I could eat all day. Yeah. Anytime you're consuming a protein and your, your body tends to reject it, you got to cross that off the list. So, I mean, all the proteins that we offer, you you actually feel stronger. You feel healthier um, having consumed these meats. So we're, we're pretty proud of that. And we make it, make it a point to, continue on that trajectory for Since sure. Since the last time you saw me on my podcast, right, almost a year ago. I mean, check these babies out, Oh, dog. man. We're going to have to cut slits in that oh, T-shirt, man, dude. I'm all cut, jacked up. Aaron's jealous. Yeah, you're all jacked up. Aaron's jealous. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, there you go. If you're fat and you eat Mountain Primal, you won't be anymore. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the truth. <laughs> this is the miracle pill. Uh, no, it, honestly, like, I'm, I'm so glad. That uh, what was it? Our mutual friend, old Baker. Yep. Um, introduced me to you guys, and um, man, it's it's been a game changer in my in my homestead. How did um, how did that first delivery? How did I not get into that? We should talk <laughs> I'm so about glad that. that we're talking about this. <laughs> oh, we brought. I even had his. I had your fucking name written on the box, and it disappeared. Right? One of you two. No, somebody. You no, somebody's no, not fessing up. He was blaming me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, John. I remember how John, don't blame the Mexican. Okay? You said, wait, you're both Mexican. That doesn't count. <laughs> He's you said, white. 
Aaron doesn't need anything. He actually kills shit, and I got three bottles of uh, barbecue. Sauce. Yeah. And 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 no, hey, that that sauce is so good, listen. Though. Yeah, we did use it. So yeah. listen, this is how it went down, right? <laughs> this is how it went down. I received my box with Aaron's I, name on it. Wait, wait, somebody said that Luke can't read anyway. So. No, 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 no. <laughs> and the other box said Justin Gaethje. Okay, those are the only two boxes <laughs> I got. So wait, now you're calling me out? I'm, I'm just saying, maybe you. Because how did Fred get some? That's what I want to know. Uh, hey, Baker sent it. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, like Baker said it. Does he work down there with you guys? He, he Baker can basically get whatever he wants. You guys know that. <laughs> I yeah. know. He makes it happen. Grind you but, down. Yeah. <laughs> Did he literally? I didn't go take down Aaron's there and box. ship it. To, but you got the last box, Aaron, right? Yeah, I did get yeah. the last. Who one, delivered yeah. that box? Luke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good, good man, Luke. Right. I did not take that box, huh? You know, I didn't take that box. He thought I took his meat. I didn't take his meat. <laughs> there, there have been a, huh. an awful lot of cookouts at Luke's house, though. Yeah. Well, we got more where that came I know, from, but so here, we'll take here, care of it. For the record, I didn't steal your meat, okay? <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I didn't. These, I wish I, these now jokes I wish are I endless. I really wish I did. Speaking <laughs> of that, I'm. Uh, I'm. so I got Rose coming out on the yeah. podcast on, on uh, Saturday. That's going to be I told great. Him, I told him to come on out early. Like, you know, four thirty, five o'clock. I'm going to cook them some uh, Mountain Prime and ribeyes. Nice. They're all stoked. Because she's so into, you know, what you do, what you guys do. You know, no hormones. I mean, when you're at that level, you know, you got to have. Uh, uh, good God. <laughs> what, like the, a, what the Having hell? your fucking kid with you. Nurse. You can't take them anywhere. <laughs> Luke tried Mid, Copenhagen. Mid-sentence. Uh, <laughs> Mid-sentence. Oh, man, that was disgusting. That uh, had nothing to do with you talking about our ribeyes. <laughs> yeah, I know that for no, sure. No, that was the Copenhagen. Uh, um, oh, man. No, so, like, you know, they're at a, <laughs> they're at a certain level, Ralph. Um, yeah, you uh, know, because the USADA uh, tests everything in their body, right? Like, they yeah. get testing random testing all the time so they literally have to get you know farm raised nothing in it yeah you know like some all the ufc fighters they're they're so into it and that's why they're so picky on what they put in their mouth well we're not going to name names at this point but we've we've uh, supplied a lot of meat to a lot of diff- different ufc yeah. and bellator fight camps over the yeah. years yeah I believe it. It's yeah, great. That happens quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you right now, so I'm I'm excited to give it to them because I know they've never had anything like this. Because, like, honestly, like, I grew up in Nebraska, you know, corned beef, red, you know, all cattle, and I love a ribeye. I do. Ribeyes are great. And, man, I was like, ah, oh, let's see what this shit's up. Do you have tomahawks or are they just mm. the regulars? I got uh, regulars. Oh, that's right. Your wife ate all the tomahawks. Yeah, my wife yeah. just mounted. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, the last one I I even cooked him. I cooked the tomahawks for Gagey. I don't know why I'm doing this. I should just yeah. keep this stack for myself, right? I know <laughs> those tomahawks are hard to well, come by. I know, but because they're, they're so like big. Three, they're like three, four pounds. What are they? Two and a half, three yeah. inches thick. I ate they're a huge. full one the other day. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, that's the <laughs> difference. Like me and you can eat a full one, but like. Yeah. One could feed my my wife, my kid, and somebody else pretty much, you know? Yep, and then you got a bone left over for the dog, too. Oh, no, that bone was straight in my wife's mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up. Perfect. Yeah, straight up. I was like, damn. Check, please. (laughs) (laughs) I hope she doesn't listen to this. It's the truth, dude. Um, I don't care. 
Oh, man. It, but honestly, I'm excited to cook it for Rose. And well, ho- hopefully you guys have a good time, and, yeah. and the podcast should be awesome. Mm-hmm. We're excited to watch it. Yeah, oh. it's good. <laughs> I'm going through your um, your website now. It is pretty loaded. What would you say is your number one seller uh, for, for not specialty meat? What's oh. your number one seller other than specialty? Other than, like, the steak cuts? Uh, you know, so like steak cuts, burger, anything, as long as it's not salami or, or the, like oh, the, yeah, the yeah. fuel sticks. Yeah, like uh, I would say our ribeyes are probably number one, New York Strip, number two. And then we get, obviously, for those of the audience that don't know much about the, you know, butchering or anatomy, things like that. So there's there's some other specialty cuts like the culotte and the bavette, skirt steak, some of those where there's only two two of those cuts per animal. So we've got a crowd that... They get on the email list because those things sell out super fast. And um, we got people that'll like buy us out of that. The second they get the email notification that they're back in stock, they're gone instantly. So, and then obviously, like the elk tenderloin goes pretty quickly because we sell those in, in the full tenderloin. Pork tenderloin goes. You buy a lot quickly. of those, don't you, Luke? The elk tenderloin. Negative, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to buy any elk because I'm going to kill my own fucking elk. I'll buy the shit out of bison. I was trying to get a deal with fucking Nestor on a, on a buffalo. God damn, dude. Those things are expensive. Six, 6500 yeah. right, for a bull. Yeah. I was like, damn. I was like, come on, in-laws. Help me out here. You no. want some of this meat? Because, I mean, that's literally. How many freezers Where, where would you hunt you? that at, Luke? Uh down here in eastern Colorado. But, okay, yeah, by Lyman, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I shot one last year in South Dakota. It, I mean, it's quite a bit of meat. Um, quite a bit of meat. That has to be, what, five freezers? No, it's not yeah. that much. It's 600 pounds, so. Eh, it's a bunch. Yeah, it's quite a bit. I mean, we have five deep freezers, I guess, at the house. It filled a couple up. Um, some of the shit meat gave we made for, too. For, for, yeah, I gave some away um, for dog food. But you guys yeah. do that as well, don't yeah, you? Yeah, we do. We call it Mountain Primal Canine. Because oh, a lot of real? a lot of people yeah. ask me like, "How do you do it?" And I'm like, "Well, I look, I kill enough, and not too many people eat out dad. It's good for the dog food." Um, yeah, definitely. No, we take. Uh, I mean, there's not too much scrap meat when when the when you got a good butcher on the knife with uh, with the beef carcasses and things like that. They get all the all the really great trim, but there's all kinds of other stuff that that obviously uh, canines can consume easily. So. Sometimes we'll take some of the organ meat. Well, well, basically what Mountain Primal Canine is, is we sell one-pound blocks of frozen. It, it looks just like uh, the same as our ground beef packaging, but mm-hmm. it's got uh, lesser cuts, I guess, that, yeah. that we get in there, and then we grind in the heart and the uh, liver and the kidneys and some Which of the is, other organ meat. I've become um expert now because we you know, feed our dogs raw meat. Of, uh, that's Pretty. Well, you got Pyrenees, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we got a big Pyrenees, too. Yeah. She loves that we stuff. We got two of those little fuckers, but, um, although they're not little, but they uh, mixing in the organs is important, yeah. um, you know, which we obviously reading about and learning. So most people, I try to, like, hey, don't just go buy, a, you know, ground beef and throw it at your dog. They'll, they'll eat the shit out of it, but yeah. as far as nutritional, you want the organ meat, you know, blended in with that. So. Yeah, so when that when those, uh, when the Mountain Prowl Canine comes back in stock, we've got several customers that they'll order like 30 40 pounds at a time yeah and stock their freezer with that and yeah and it's pretty Which great a normal we, dog would be fine but mine eat four pounds a day each yeah, yeah. right four <laughs> pounds holy God shit dang, and then we dude. get people that they they'll reach out to us and say like hey can can we eat the mountain primal canine <laughs> no, <laughs> i mean there's a lot of people that order because we do sell organ meats too you know uh-huh. obviously there's a yeah. huge crowd out there in the in the consumer world that you know they're consuming 
kidney, beef kidney, beef liver, beef heart, all that stuff. So we we do sell that as well. So, so but, pretty much the whole animal gets used when it's time to. Yeah, we we sell marrow bones, we sell knuckle bones, so people can make beef broth, and we we do that with the bison and the and the beef. So a lot of people are buying. Some people buy the bones just for their dogs, but a lot of people cook up, you know, beef marrow bones in the oven and. That's pretty big with yeah. uh, what is that called? Carnivore diet. Yep. Yeah. The marrow. Yeah, the marrow. Yeah. Yeah. Frank and I always pack in a hacksaw and cook our own marrow right on the side <laughs> of the mountain. Yeah. Tasty. No, Not no, true. I'm just fucking with you. We don't do that. <laughs> I think Steve Rinella did that on his show once. He probably did, but I yeah. guarantee he didn't backpack in. No, that's what I was going to say. You're going to have a bunch yeah. of backpackers carrying like saws in now, like Aaron did it. Yeah, sawing off legs. Um, I mean, nothing against it. We'll do it at the house, but there's, you know, you eight miles in, not too worried about a leg bone. Um, no. You know, the meat's what we're trying to get out. But yeah. Yeah, the, the, the heart on the bison was about the size of Luke's dome. I was surprised. Bigger yeah, than that, actually. They're huge. Um, how many how many bison, like, wh- what number-wise, like, cattle, bison, everything else, what are you dealing with a year? Well, I could tell you, but I have to kill you. Yeah, it's quite. I would imagine it's quite a, quite a bit. Yeah, um, well, we're we're still growing our herd. Yeah. In fact, uh, in our basalt location, we're, we're probably maxed out there. Um, but we, we have cattle in Nebraska, Kansas, two locations in Colorado. So it's just it's tough trying to keep up with the market. And that's one of the reasons that we went to the bison and the elk is because we obviously don't want people coming to the website and be sold out of things all the time. Yeah. So giving, giving people other options Variety. of proteins is that's helped out a ton. So. It's good, though, the word's getting out. I mean, people yeah. are starting to understand. And as I've, um, again— limited experience but just going through different not all cattle is the same i guess like no. whether they're raised the same or the type of cattle everything's you know different in, in being a, a dumbass like me you know i'm we're just driving by and i'm asking questions and scotty's he's done it his whole life so i'm like hey what what is that oh it's a shit bull like what's that mean ah, i doesn't produce much weight meat don't taste real good uh, but if you want to become in the cattle business, you'll buy a shitload of those and you'll, you know, make some money. And I don't know what all the names are and I'm probably explaining it wrong, but when you go to an operation like yours, it's just going to sound horrible. It's legitimately like going to a Walmart in the hood rat area of your local city to going to a whole foods clean restrooms are clean. Yep. It's a fucking big difference. And when I say that, meaning you're like, Oh wow, I'd love to hunt here. And then you go to other spots. You're like, Jesus, I can't wait to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. They're that much. You know what I mean? It's a, it's that, a yeah, clean environment. Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the reasons that our, our breed of cattle is not used in the commercial beef industry is because they've got the huge horns. The males and females both got the huge horns, yeah. which makes cattle transport much harder. It makes it way harder in terms of slaughter and process. In fact, when we first started uh, slaughtering our cattle, we I took cattle to a slaughter yard once uh, and tried out this place one time, and it was a three-hour drive. I dropped the cattle off. They called me and said, you got to come back and pick these guys up because we can't, we can't get them. The USDA won't let us slaughter them here because of the horns. So uh-huh. I had to go back there and pick them up, and it's been a hassle. But now that we got all that backside stuff the process figured out it's smooth sailing for us so every spring how many like cow punchers do you have branding running around like idiots is it uh well a shit show because we primarily graze on private land our own private land we typically don't brand all of our cattle and and fact of the matter 
branding is really important when the breeds all look the same and they get mixed in a in a grazing area together. Like if you got three herds of black Angus and three different owners, it's really yeah. hard to tell them apart. But the benefit of our cattle is they all they're basically branded on the exterior because they all look different, and we're the only ones that run those cattle in our area. Luke, so. you'll never get branded. No, <laughs> no, I'm different. I'm different. But the yeah. uh, the cattle that we do put up in the forest in the summertime, we don't put them all up there, but we take a, a select group up there, and uh, we will brand those. So we do that. I think we're doing that next week. Gotcha. So that's pretty fun. Yeah. How many How many hands do you have on hand at that? We got three full time guys, yeah. and then uh, when things get a little bit more dicey or busy, we'll pull other people in or try to do certain aspects of the ranching activities when more families in town or things like just get help. You just know? watch. We can watch Yellowstone and learn how that works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to be Rip. Everybody that, wants to be Rip. That show has <laughs> has sparked so much interest oh, in crazy. the ranching community. It's I nuts. Bet. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, you know, you get people call. They're like, "So you're kind of doing it like Yellowstone?" I'm like, "Well." <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah, throw exactly. anybody off a cliff yeah. and take them to the train <laughs> right. station or anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did fuck up a biker last week. Does that count? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Luke, you gonna get a, you gonna become a cattle rancher? No, I I was just talking thinking about this though. Like, dude, I haven't branded for quite some time, and I used to love it because I used to get on a a horse, and I you know we 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 didn't have like gates or anything. We literally had a yeah wrestle them down cowboy in. yeah yeah. And that was so fun. I just didn't like, you know, when they when you went to go brand them, and that hair get burnt. Yeah, dude, that shit stinks. So it does. One of the uh, areas where we hunt turkey. Now, keep in mind, if you're from um, uh, a cattle ranch, a, you know, a farmer area, a, a farming area, the kids are working pretty young, right? So For sure. Amy and I come out, you know, and when so when I was a kid, it was logging, right? You you were splitting firewood. You only had a wood stove when you were 10, 12, 14. Well, now it's it's different. So. We're walking up um, from the from the blind, and I'm not gonna mention it. Huge, you you'll know them when I mention them. They're huge and uh, super cool people. They let us hunt turkeys on their land. There's three 13 year old kids over there running the, the the branding station, and Amy's like, "What's that smell?" And I'm like, "Oh, they're they're branding." Now this kid's gonna take over all of it one day. I think he was 15 at the time. Hey, how you doing, ma'am? Yeah. I mean, oh, it, yeah. as polite as you could be, yeah. and she Amy's like. She's not used to it. And yeah. I, she's like, where's their dad? And I was like, they don't they've been him. running this operation for a long time. That fucking kid will take this over. Well, what was amazing with that kid when he was 12 years old, he wanted to get into it more. So he went in and, and he took out a loan and figured out the business plan, sat down, everything with his dad. He walked into the bank and they were like, hey, uh, you know, whatever, make up names. Dale, Bob, come in. And Bob's the dad. Bob goes, he wants to do this on his own, and that kid went in there and took out the loan uh, for the cattle. And, and and what it shows is he, I mean, obviously was raised right. And yeah, it's, it's a it's a amazing. huge huge degree of uh, life experience at a young age, and that that comes from growing up in that type of setting. Yeah. All yeah. those calves were running down that chute, and Amy's like, "What?" And I'm like, "Well, it's not like you go, hey, hey come here, Cavi, and then no. jam a branding iron <laughs> in their ass." So it's like you got to hurt them through because yeah. they pull that giant. Out. I don't know how much. That where we turkey hunt is their branding operation, uh, yep. where all the big trucks come through. Yep. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds a day will come through sometimes. And uh, she didn't, she didn't, you know, it was, it was an eye opener for it to understand how it worked. And of course, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So I'm like, ask Scotty and he can explain it because some ranchers, um, you know, the calves get a certain weight, they're selling calves, you know, or, or whatever. Yep. And I, I don't understand how it works, but being down there and hunting, 
your eyes are open to it's hard work and it's not sure profitable (laughs) no and uh, a lot of different ranches do different aspects of the entire business so some will do the breeding some will do the it's called backgrounding so they'll give them a place to eat until they get to a certain age and then you know, other other places, other ranches will house the bulls or the steers, or they'll raise the heifers, getting them getting them fattened up for the next breeding season. And yeah, and so. they lease land everywhere to, yeah. to be able to handle the numbers. But what was crazy is he, um, I was walking out with a turkey, and the the one of the owners came by, just started bullshitting with me. I'm, they're bored, right? There ain't a whole lot going on. And yeah, they had multiple ranches in Trinidad, and they got basically moneyed out by elk hunting. Yeah, uh, they were like. They they made more money off uh, elk hunter like you know the the guys coming in paying twenty thirty grand a tag that they didn't want to they, they they took our lease from us we couldn't uh, couldn't lease it from them because yeah. the elk hunting was they were making more money from that for sure a lot of the we we do some pronghorn hunting in in uh, Wyoming and all the people that that do those guided trips out there they're all cattle ranchers and then they do the the guiding on the side and they're feeding cattle and still making it happen with the hunters and yeah it's an active lifestyle for sure well that's uh with scott they, they had to go up to pampa or wherever and they're like hey run out to wheeler and, and fill up the truck and it's it was an ice storm that day so i'm under the the cake dispenser thing it's frozen shut and we're trying to kick this up anyway so i'm like mathematically breaking it down like okay how much cake per you know week like i think they feed them twice so i don't know how the fuck it works anyway and breaking it down and i'm like so how much money do you make from cattle ranching and he's like not a profitable business uh mm-hmm. so he sets his truck payment up once a year when he sells his cattle yep. and so he's he makes one lump sum payment so he doesn't have to mess with it yeah uh but he you know sub what, what is supplement income yeah in the off season he's guiding and yeah he's done most that for 20 years and most of those people that you know the husband and the wife work and they raise cattle on the side and then they do guiding and you know that's they're dedicated to that lifestyle, though. They want to raise that kid, their kids in that environment, and uh, for te- good reason. Teach those characteristics. Yeah, yeah. Build yeah. that character in a young at a young age. It's really good for kids, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, uh, the 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 kid, the specific kid I'm I'm talking about, or whatever. Like he he does hunt a deer a little bit, but that 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 hunt that area where they have is I literally have like, hey, can I lease this for four days? Just four, just me for <laughs> yeah. Well, we keep it in the family. I'm like, can I just four days make me a cousin? I like that's all I need. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that kid, he, you know, they all the other land they'll do that. They'll sublease it for hunting, but that specific land, which, you know, you you shoot a turkey, walk in the wood line, find seven sheds. I'm like, are you guys sure you don't yeah. want to lease this out? But yeah. they're they're super cool family, but. Uh, they don't um, guide, but they'll lease it out to certain people to come hunt it. So that specific spot, they they obviously don't because I've tried like six times now. But um, yeah, yeah, it's a different lifestyle for for sure. No, uh, were you raised in it then the whole time? No, I I grew up in uh, Minnesota, and we spent all of our free time hunting and fishing and uh, work. I worked all kinds of different jobs when I was a so kid. He's Yukon Cornelius, Brett Farr. Yeah. No, yeah. no he's, right. he's oh, no, Brett, yeah. Brett Farr is Wisconsin, right? I know, but still, you kind of look alike. You're coming up with nicknames. Uh, throw yeah, me that, a beer. That, no. that's, that's all we did as kids, you know, and I knew from a young age that I did not want to live a life working in an office or doing I just wanted to live a, a life less ordinary and, and do the things that made me happy, be outside and work with my hands and do all that. So Where at in Minnesota? I grew up in a suburb west of the Twin Cities. I lived up there, so lay it on me. What? Plymouth. 
Oh, okay. Plymouth, so Wyzetta. Blaine. Blaine so, yeah. 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 And then we've we've got you a- Minnesota. I've been everywhere. Yeah, I live in Blaine, Coon Rapids area. So okay. you're Johnny Cash then. You've been uh, everywhere. I've been, yeah, I can't sing for shit. I, yeah. sound like, I sound like a cow getting hit with hail in one of the middle of your field. <laughs> oh, but shit. yeah, our weekends were spent up in northern Minnesota hunting yeah. and fishing. We go into Canada every summer and we still got a, we got a farm up there that we, we hunt whitetail at. We've had it in the family for a long time. So the Capra Sporting Goods, they were a fishing show up there. They had a, um, I think it was in uh, Blaine, they had an archery shop, fishing shop. Yep. I worked there or whatever, and then, um, you know, hunted in the North Twin Cities. You could get that back tag, the yep. inner city deer. Yep. Yeah, we I, used I, to do yeah. some Metro Goose hunts back yeah. in the day. <laughs> yeah. Go out on the golf course. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It, it's crazy because uh, you'll drive that North Twin. I don't know now. I've been there in a while. It's but, busy. Uh, yeah, it's busy. But you get 15 miles north of the Twin Cities, 20, you're seeing giant deer oh yeah and and uh i was able to get through those guys some some proper some of the biggest white tails i shot were literally uh deer i saw pulling into my driveway that ran across and to cut corn and and well, was able to get you know access to hunt them. well the, the deer definitely know where to live and where to yeah. feed and all yeah. that stuff so yeah, yeah but it's such a fun way to grow up you know hunting and fishing in minnesota it doesn't get any better well, than that. you could fucking fart out of a tree stand and here it hit the ground uh that yeah. is the one Cold. place i've lived where Cold. in the summer you're begging for winter and the winter you're begging for for summer because uh yeah the humidity sh- and bugs were the shoulder bad. seasons are where it's at yeah i've yeah. often said i'd love to be in well summertime on the lakes in minnesota you know fishing openers i think what last weekend uh, walleye fishing is great in minnesota and then you get into september you get into the duck hunting and the goose hunting and the grouse hunting and while you're grouse hunting, you're checking all your tree stands and your cameras and stuff, and then you get into bow hunting in October and rifle in November, and then it's time to hang it up because it's three feet, three feet of snow on the yeah. ground. You can't survive outside because it's so cold. Yeah, that uh, well, I was in Wisconsin um, by the Flambeau Flowage. We were, we were grouse hunting. We were walking on a river. It's when my first musky uh, fucking fish came up, ate a duck. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? and I'm like, I've seen that. I was like, hey, uh, Jerry what the fuck ate that duck? And he's like, it's a muskie. And I'm like, yeah, what the fuck is a muskie, it's man? A pre- it's a prehistoric monster that lives beneath the surface of the water. So literally what you guys know, when I get into something, I don't fuck around. Like I got in. So I got into, so a muskie bait, a small one is the size of this fucking can, right? Like yeah. Yeah. throwing out salamanders through, through, uh, basically you're, you're pulling it through like, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, patches. but Yeah, reed bed. Yeah, reed yeah. bed. So a salamander that's 14 inches long with three triple hooks that are this big around with 100-pound, you know, yeah, and you gorilla got a, line. And you got a fishing rod that you couldn't snap at the at the yeah. skinniest point. <laughs> yeah. it, well, I, I just, uh, fishing with the guys that I did, it was not the fish of 10,000 casts. Like, you know, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. But, you know, you're locking on to pike constantly as well it's addictive i mean we were in the fish lake of the woods quite a bit as oh, yeah. well um the only thing like i said it, it was so fucking cold at yeah. times that like trying to i work for i did high rises commercial glass yeah it, it was rough going like it's the only place in the world i've had to bring a weed burner to dry shit off with a torch to even put a window in because it was just yeah. so freaky. You had to warm it up for the cocktail. Well, I, I built houses in Minnesota for a long time, so I know all about that. That's <laughs> miserable. Yeah. That's tough. I love tenant improvement jobs in January. We got to be by a heater, so we get to work inside. Yeah. <laughs> you always save the basement work for the winter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, at what age did you come out here? Um, I moved out to Colorado when I was about 30, about yeah. 15, 16 years ago. Then how yeah. much longer after that did you start working with Mountain Primal? 
Uh, we started the company in 2014. So we, uh, we purchased our first little bit of ranch land in, um, 2012. And it took us a couple of years to kind of get it primed and ready to go to, to hold livestock. And we had to update the whole facility and design and build cattle handling facilities and, you know, improvements. And, and then we got our first, uh, first small herd of cattle in, uh, the summer of 2014 actually before we started the company. And then I was like, all right, we got these cattle. We're not going to run this through the ranch company, the ranch holdings company, in case there's any type of liability or things like that. So then we started the the meat business that fall. So how'd you meet Baker's goofy ass? Did like a bad he, penny just showed up? Yeah, he, no, he uh, <laughs> he saw what we were up to. You know, he's he's got eyes in the back of his head. and um, It's a big head. Yeah. Yeah. He approached, he approached us and just sought us out. And uh, I think he, I think he reached out to us and got a got a hold of our marketing department and said, "Hey, you guys are not utilizing this social media platform. What do you say? Give me give me a shot." And yeah. you know, he's been awesome. Yeah. So, you guys just did uh, a big old deal up in Tac in Texas. You fed uh, yeah all the black rifle guys. Yeah, well, they got to be black, Luke. What the fuck at this day? Uh, hey, I'm just saying, <laughs> they call it black rifle coffee now. Okay, there you go. Uh, yeah, that no, was, you guys went down there and you fed all the vets and everything. I was yeah, like, that, damn, I that was quite an there. honor. Yeah. They, uh, Baker reached out, you know, he's Baker's super nonchalant and you got to kind of dig into what's going on there a little bit or understand how he talks. And, and somehow I understand him pretty well, I feel. So he's like, Hey Moss, what, you know, why don't you guys come on down to the veteran adaptive athlete shoot and we'll cook some meat and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, it's game time. We're gonna we're gonna do this the right way. Yeah. So we brought we brought our uh, our big uh, fired smoker trailer down there, and I don't know five or six huge coolers of uh, of our meat, our beef and bison, and had just had a hell of a good time. It was super fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you took some great meats down there because I looked at them. Yeah, like, no wonder they're sold out. <laughs> God damn it! Well, you, you have those certain opportunities in yeah. your life where you're like, all right, we're not bringing bratwurst to no. this thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that looked cool. Like it, it honestly was a, a pretty good little thing. I was surprised you didn't go down to that, uh, Dan- training. Well, Dan- oh, yeah, Dana, Dana right. was there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Dana yeah. That's was right. There. Yeah. I was there. I, my cut, my cutout was there. Yeah. Your yeah. cutout was there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> that was a hell of a good time. Um, it just, it's such a refreshing thing to, to be at an event like that where, you know, in life, we tend to lose perspective as human beings that like what's difficult, what's not, you know, you start bitching about hard things in your life and then you hang out with some of these people that are at that event. It's just provides you a, a, a real, it's, it's a real nice reset, gives you good perspective and just awesome people all the way throughout. And, uh, you know, good on Evan for, for making that event happen. And he's, he said at the event, I mean, this is, that's why they do what they do. Yeah. Like obviously they sell coffee, but he's into doing epic shit. And what a cool thing. So they're going to keep doing that. Hopefully we can be involved in the future. So Right. That's funny you bring that up. He he called me, uh, well, we talk infrequently, but I, I did a podcast with him. But either way, he he actually called once and he said, so what's your, your business plan? And I'm like, dude, I'm far beyond wherever I thought I would be. I just want to do epic shit. I was yeah. like, I just want to do cool shit and have the people around me be happy and not, I, I don't probably have dreams and admirations of um like a normal entrepreneur right i've already made it farther than i thought i would so i think it's probably anticlimactic for chad because i'm like dude get to hunt six months out of the year yeah the end i've won like i'm happy like i I don't need to do other things and so when you kind of get to that point i think probably same with evan 
when you can help others that there's a gratifying feeling to that, you know, absolutely kind of pass that, pass things on. Well, that was, uh, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you get to that point at the top of the pyramid, self-actualization, you're taking care of all your basic needs, whether that's for a company or your personal experience in life with you and your family, you kind of climb up that pyramid and you get to the top and that's where the magic happens. So anybody that's able to experience that's pretty lucky in my opinion. Right. Right. Yeah, so that was that was a hell of an event. You're talking about Baker, right? Like how he knows everything, and like what's he doing? Like when he hit me up and he says, "Hey, you want to have a general on your podcast?" Oh, I was yeah. like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> I was nervous. Uh, I was nervous when I was like, uh, "Aaron, you want to do this one with me?" And I ended up calling Mike, but he ended up having dinner with you that night. Yeah, right? yeah, and we had dinner. In fact, we had a great time on the podcast. Obviously, what a guy. Yeah. Awesome! What dude. a cool guy! I, I, I prepped him for your podcast, though. I got him ready. Did I, you? I think we did a good well. Job. I had good. dinner with him afterwards, and he he said he had a great time, and yeah, yeah it's good good experience for everyone, I think. And yeah, we we had a good dinner. We went to uh, Elway's in in Denver and ate somebody else's steaks for dinner. So that was <laughs> yeah. quite interesting. Well, for, you you were in here for that one, weren't you? With uh, I met him, Hutch, the no. general. I just we did the podcast, and I said, "Hey, you know how I was asking you questions about <laughs> Operation." You know, whatever, and you know, and I said, "You're not going to get that on this next podcast you're doing." And I said, uh, "You know, we're talking it." And I said, "You're going to get a lot of dick jokes and probably some Top Gun shit." And uh, sure enough, he did. yeah, sure enough, he messaged me. He goes, "You pretty much nailed it." <laughs> I was like, a "Little Tropic Thunder question." Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, "Good dude, not versed in the military background." I said, "You know, because you weren't in the, yeah. in the military." But uh, that he's um, that guy, he's a. Uh, amazing individual just a cool guy for sure yeah yeah. well you know again based on his experience coming up the way he did um he he's seen a lot and done a lot and what a and humble very very humble but he's he's doing the right thing by that organization you know it's been around for a long time but the work that they're doing there and for for the people listening it's special operations warrior foundation we're talking about uh general clay huttmacher great people he's the leadership behind that organization and He's doing a fantastic job, and they're they're doing great things for the uh, special operations community. They they educate um, the the children of of uh, fallen special operators and Medal of Honor recipients. Yeah, so it was I was I was blown away on the whole thing, yeah. just the way he was. He's just a cool dude. How many Top Gun jokes did he get? He got a few right away. You know, just break the ice. <laughs> I said, you know, I, we did the old introductory and everything, and I said, yeah, we got it. I go first things first. Eddie's service. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet he loved that. Oh, he started laughing. He goes, okay. All right, we're good. Now. We're good, yeah. <laughs> and Mike and Mike, so I had what, Mike's a, what, Army dude? And, yeah, uh, 15 year, yeah. And the other dude he brought in was a pilot, just like, okay. you know. And they were looking at me like, going, oh, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> they were nervous. Or the pilot was nervous. Around yeah, he was, the pilot was nervous as heck. Well, I mean, he was once, so nervous. Once you get talking to Clay, you understand. He's, he's a humble know. guy. and Yeah. Yeah, he w- you would never know. Great human know, being. Never know he was a two-star general. But, shoot, he goes, man, if I didn't have to do all this driving around, I have a cocktail with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It yeah, was good, good, good dude. But yeah, so but Baker's good. Baker's helped me out. Baker's helped me out a lot, dude. So. Uh, he helps everybody out. That's yeah. his. Uh, that's his tactic. You know, he he thinks a uh, rising tide lifts all ships. So. I uh, first time I met Baker was in Alabama. Uh huh. And you know, I don't know the amount of pills he takes in the morning to lay on an even keel, but to say he probably has some ADHD <laughs> shit going on would be an understatement. <laughs> Fucking wound. For, you know how early I wake up. 
he comes out in his underwear, stomping around, fucking coffee flying. What are we doing? Here? And I was like, this guy is fucking wound up. Like he's, and he's very intelligent. Yeah. So he something would pop up, and he'd say, "Well, technically in 1972," and he and I'm like, <laughs> "I don't give a fuck, right? Like I just go kill some deer, right?" But yeah. he super good dude. He's funnier now, and very very intelligent person. Yeah, too. he's definitely a numbers guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, he um he is definitely uh up and at him at 4:30 a.m. I can't say he's like that all the time, but he had <laughs> brought those catching deers hats yeah. down to us and. I, yeah, I just he's a funny dude, but he's he's um funny with Baker is he's almost like the J Edgar Hoover of uh, the outdoor world as far as facilitating, right? He's facilitating yeah. shit constantly, but yep. although there's a few things he's facilitating lately, I'm gonna have to conk him in the forehead. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, oh, that's funny. So what uh, bigger and brighter things like, uh, or maybe not even bigger and brighter? Do you guys have any plans on changing anything or just staying with where you're at? You know, the, uh, there's all kinds of things now that we have well-established the, the main backbone of Mountain Primal is the ranching op. We call it the land and livestock department. And then obviously the ability to sell frozen meat products to all 50 states. You know, we ship out to all 50 states every week. Um, so now we have the ability to kind of spin that off into a little bit deeper dive, dive a little deeper into the production development, product development stuff, like expand some of the meat sticks. We're trying to get into jerky. Uh, we'll probably get into different provisions, uh, seasonings, rubs, brines, get further down the road with some of the barbecue sauces. And then we're really going to dive deep in the next 12 months or so. We're going to dive deep into, uh, trying to reveal a little bit more of what it is that we do and educate people to some of these questions that we've been hitting on and, and do that through some more detailed video work and try to put some of that together over the next 12 months or so. Yeah. I want to say, I'm just going to throw this out there. You need a taster. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be down to taste That's your anything. official title. <laughs> meat Luke taster. Cardio, the meat taster. He's a, a good placer in the meat taster area. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, taste, I'll taste all that. Well, meat. actually, we're going to do that because we've, when, Roger, when's that jerky sample stuff coming back? It came in. All right. I'll so, give you honest feedback, honestly. So we're, we've got prototype jerky that, that we're working on, different flavors, uh, and we'll pass that out to, to different folks and try to get real feedback. Yeah. And, change things up from there and, and keep moving forward. So we think that'll work out really well. I think um, I'm excited for the jerky jerky. Yeah. Because the sticks are the bomb. The jerky is going to be great. Yeah. 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 I'm Make excited. it accessible to uh, to people that maybe don't ha- have uh, financial access to some of the frozen meats and things like that. So And then try to just get it out on a little bit more of a national level. So no, that'll be good. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, we're about to hit an hour here and we actually have another meeting in about 15 minutes. So you got any, where can they find you? Where can they go? Social media, the website and list all that crap off. Yeah. The the website's mountainprimal.com. Socials are at mountain primal and uh, just stay tuned. We're trying to put all kinds of things, um, trying to populate the website with as much information as possible and Sign up on our email list if you want to get the uh, kind of the behind-the-scenes look at when products are available and things. That's super helpful. And don't so. worry about how to sign up for the email list. There is a pop-up every 15 seconds on that <laughs> website. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be there. You'll get it. Yeah, you'll get it. But that that actually is pretty important. Uh, to Usually I click those off, but that also gives updates on what's in stock, doesn't it? Yeah, on it the does. Email list. Yeah, yeah, that's important. So anytime that we're running out of things, which happens fairly a lot, um, the people that we 
that we have on the email list get the first uh, first look at all the new products. And then no, I, I signed up for it for that reason because normally yeah. I just blow them off, but that one was important. Yeah, but we tell people <laughs> like our emails don't suck. We're not yeah. we're not putting out stuff that's yeah. just garbage. Like it's actually good information, and people that want to know things about our company um, get on the email list and. Oh, and text. What's our text message, Roger? I uh, can text MP Nation to eight one four nine three. Text MP Nation at eight one four nine three for those who didn't hear that. Or if you want to get with the ballers, it's gladiators. Eight one four nine three. You got a disc? Do you have a disc? Yeah, that's it right that there. Is? Text right, gladiator. There we go. Get to save money. Yeah. <laughs> gotta feed. Gotta get Luke gold teeth. Gotta get that. Oh, just the one. Just the one right there. Just the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get an ace on it. Yeah. For your gambling problem. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing pretty good lately, man. On a scale what? of one to ten, what is your gambling problem? What would you say? Uh solid eight. Yeah. <laughs> At least solid you're on eight. You're not solid buying lottery eight. tickets though, right? No, no, I used to. <laughs> and I just kept losing on that too. Um But you know, the cool thing is I just I just uh hooked up with a gambling site. My bookie, so I don't know if that's good or bad. Oh boy, maybe you're maybe you're not an eight. No, I think you're a nine. Yeah, maybe a nine. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, get a get a little discount code on my gambling. But I, don't, <laughs> I was surprised they invited me back after uh, uh, the last pay per view with Rose and Usman fought. Yeah. They gave me a code to push out, and and I hit a four leg parlay, and I shared that to everybody to pick these you know people, and you're gonna win a lot of money if you pick these people. Sure, shit, they all won, right? And I, the guy hit me back. He goes, "You're pretty good at this parlay stuff, huh?" And I was like, "Maybe I just don't find I just don't find right? Like that's it. Like you know your cattle, and he knows yeah. his bow. Um, I know fighting, and I just knew. So this week, this week's a little tougher, but I got some good picks, some good winners this week on the fight. So best of I'm luck excited. with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't live by it. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't live by it. I ain't rich by it. Don't, don't do that. Oh, uh, shit. Frank, you got anything to add? I don't. Frank no. was a little shy little guy. He's scared. He he gets nervous. You talk about meat and he gets all shaky and everything. I get you the know. meat sweats. <laughs> 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 he just keeps toweling his forehead. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. I must say it was good seeing you guys, man. This is cool, man. Yeah, I, thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah it's cool. Kind of nice having Roger next to me. I get a little jealous. He's always out there fishing, catching trout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Are you not a good fisherman, Luke? A fisher person? I'm a good trier. A good trying, <laughs> good at trying. I'm yeah. good at trying. No, actually, I'm I'm good at you know, real. You know, like the whole like cast, real fly fishing. I'm new, totally green. You? So many things I want to say. Yeah. No, I can fly fish. You can? Yeah. Of course you yeah. can. I can. Fuck. What can I say? Yeah. Well, you were raised in Nebraska. That's not like yeah, the fly like, fishing community of the exactly. world. I was no. raised in Oregon, where everybody fly fishes. Yeah, so. there is no fly fishing in Nebraska. You guys cow tip. Yeah, we right. cow tip. Yeah. I mean, we go, shit, I've done some noodling down there. <laughs> down the canal, I like, went in there, and that's how I got my wife. That's how I got my wife, dog. Looks like an arm. Yeah, it looks like an arm, only smaller. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Oh. Thanks, boys.